I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Peter Hartlaw, pop culture critic of the San Francisco Chronicle, here with senior digital A&E editor Mari Car Mendoza. Welcome, Mari Car. Hey, happy to be here. You interviewed Jimmy O. Yang, I'm jealous, in your hometown of San Jose? Yes, it was quite fun. Uh, We were there for Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Macy's is doing this nationwide celebration throughout the month of May, and Jimmy happened to be the guest uh, over the weekend. And we were on the second floor of Macy's at Westfield Valley Fair, which was really surreal for me because I'm pretty sure I got my homecoming dress there <laughs> senior year of high school. <laughs> Very nice. Um, that's a good good, uh, good connection there. Jimmy O. Yang, is, I think he's funny. He plays a lot of offbeat characters in a way that I wouldn't know what to expect from him during the interview. What was he like in real life? Yeah, I felt the same way. I wasn't sure if he was going to turn on and, and be Bernard from Crazy Rich Asians or or Jin Yang of Silicon Valley. But um, in real life, yeah, he was he was really down to earth, super chill. We talked a lot about basketball. He's a Clippers fan, so oh. he knew not to really talk about that in front of the, you know, Dub Nation or anything. But he was really fine. We talked about food and, um, and just kind of prepped for our conversation about Asian representation. A couple of notes. The sound level, uh, I noticed, is just a little bit low. Yeah, we were recording in a Macy's fitting room. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was backstage. They called it the green room uh, before we went on stage for the Asian Pacific American Heritage Month event that he was actually here for. And then later on, um, the next day, he kicked off his latest stand-up tour. And one more thing, Mari Carr. I'm going to rate this one PG-13. Uh, A couple bad words, low-grade bad words, probably not something that people haven't heard before, Mm -hmm. but uh, usually we're a PG podcast, (laughs) and a couple bad words here, so you've been warned. To be expected with a comedian, right? Absolutely. I thought it was going to go a lot uh, darker. (laughs) (laughs) Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Growing up in the Silicon Valley, I know, like, I, I don't know what it looks like behind the doors there. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up in the Silicon Valley before it was called the Silicon Valley. Right. And so, um, but how often do you actually hang out here in the Silicon Valley? I, I do make an effort, like, uh, for research and stuff. I went to Facebook a couple of times, went to Google, and then last year, 
uh, I asked HBO to kind of set up um, a little tour of mid-size, small-size, and big-size companies so I get to visit uh, Lyft when it was still kind of medium-sized compared to like a Google. Um, and then I went to the new Facebook campus, which is like the massive one. Uh, and I tried out the Oculus when they were like, you know, trying out some new games. It was super awesome, really fun. Saw Mark Zuckerberg actually in one of those glass offices. Um, and then uh, the really interesting one was uh, I met with some VCs and like some startup guys, and it took me into like a incubator, and it was really really cool. Oh, that's awesome! I've never been on any of those campuses. Actually. Really? And and Apple, uh, I don't know. You weren't I there haven't... yesterday because Lady Gaga was at the Apple campus here. In really? Yeah, I could have sworn you would you would have been invited, man. I'm a huge fan of Lady Gaga, <laughs> like huge. You don't even know. Oh, like yeah. how huge? Like big. I know every album, every song. Oh, I'm surprised. And, uh, I don't album. buy albums. I I would go buy her physical albums. Oh wow. Yeah. Nice. Um, what are your impressions of Silicon Valley and like how do they differ or similar to the way you guys portray it in the show? I think I mean I did some research myself, but our writers and everything. I think Dick Costello was one of our consultants and writers uh, a couple seasons ago. So they do amazing work and portray very accurately, or at least from what people have told me you know some people has told me like that work at silicon valley they're like i can't watch this show because it's too real it's giving me like ptsd <laughs> you know uh which is good which is a compliment i guess um but yeah it's it's pretty accurate and 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 obviously it's a, a lot of things are heightened but i've seen characters like jing yang on the facebook campus you know i've seen maybe not as diabolical <laughs> but you know the mannerisms um and things like that. There, it, it, it's almost like, oh, like, what? Whenever I think, oh, am I playing this too big, or is this like too far fetched of a character to play? And then, and then you see people like that in Silicon Valley, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. it. It's real. Speaking of that role, I mean, I was obviously in the time of this industry where, you know, people are calling for more representation, representation, mm -hmm. fair representation. How do you feel about the roles that you've played from Jin Yang to? You know, Tyler, Life of the Party. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. Bernard. I yeah. Mean, those are kind of, that's a lot. In terms of Asian-American roles, that range for an Asian man. Like, yeah. how do you think about representation and, and the roles that you've played? I used to try to not think about it. I just try to play the best I could, you know, go kill the audition. So at least we can, like Tyler, the role in Life of the Party didn't have to be an Asian guy. Right. He was just like a regular boyfriend of a girlfriend, you know. Um, and it was a fun role, but honestly, I had way more fun playing uh, Jing Yang and, and Bernard because they're like kind of bigger, larger than life characters. And and I just love kind of diving into those characters to a degree that people might not even recognize me when they see me in real life. Like it's a total different change. And I love that as an actor. But I do get it. I think, first of all, we need more representation, you know, of all characters. And then second of all, we need more positive representation, at least three dimensional characters. Um, the first season, I think, or first couple of seasons, uh, there were some, I think, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, like, pe people thought Jing Yang was kind of, like, stereotypical, and he's not really doing Asian people any favors. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's funny, it's funny, like, to me. And then he got developed into more of a three-dimensional character that, and now I think all those complaints are going away. Um, and... At the end of the day, it's like the whole same argument with a poo. If you have a broad range of 100 Indian or Asian representations, then you wouldn't just, you know, harp on this one, you know, good or bad representation of it. You yeah, know? and I guess that was the issue, right, was that 
it was so rare to see. So when you saw it and you saw it in that particular stereotype, that was it. But yeah. yeah. But now, now I mean, it, even just changed. looking at Crazy Rich Asians, that was so fun because people could say if if Bern, uh, like Bernard is the only Crazy Rich Asians, they're like, oh, you you guys are trying to make all cra Asians look like assholes, you know, uh, whatever playboys that are you know just in into partying, right? That could be a negative, um, but because. Crazy Rich Asian, the entire movie is an Asian cast. You have your super good-looking, sexy leading man Asians, the funny Asians, you know, the kind of um, larger-than-life Asians, the sweet Asians, the dark Asians, and it's awesome, you know, because I can just focus on acting instead of representing by myself, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I mean, what do you think needs to be done to keep that kind of momentum going now that it's been a year after Crazy Rich Asians? And, yeah. You know, how do make how do we make sure that Hollywood doesn't kind of go back? Well, uh, I think Crazy Rich Asians served as just opening a door, and that's great, you know. Um, and now people are listening because it's proven that Asian people can make money, so that's what studios care about. At the end of the day, um, and and there is a bigger diversity push and everything, so at least our ideas are getting listened to. So I think now it's up to us, the artists, the Asian artists, um, or diverse artists of any culture creed to just tell our authentic stories and tell it well and i think that's more important than anything you know because um the great thing about crazy rich asians it was it was a universal story that everybody could understand about family about class um and the main thing that made it authentic you might not know like any crazy rich asians billionaires but it's like John Chu and Kevin Kwan, they took you into Middle Earth. They took you in another world, but the themes are absolutely universal. But at the end of the day, it's an authentic story. So I, I always just like to encourage people to, you know, be authentic. Tell, tell the stories. Instead of just um, Chinese people in Chinatown with dragons and kung fu, tell your own authentic crazy rich Asian story. Whereas that's growing up in San Jose, growing up in Hong Kong or whatever. Um, and, and now it's a good opportunity because the door has been opened. And, of course, hopefully the audience will keep going to watch the movies and tuning into our shows, you know. Speaking of Crazy Rich Asians, uh, you guys are d doing sequels? One, two? I'm, I, I hope, yeah, I think right. so. I, I think they greenlit the second one, at least. Uh, they're writing it, to my knowledge, yeah. Uh, can you tell us anything? anything? I don't know anything. They haven't no. wrote anything. People, yeah. pe I mean, they're writing it. Same thing with Silicon Valley. That, like, they're writing it right now. We're going to shoot in June, and I think it comes out the end of the year. Uh, Silicon Valley. Um, okay. but yeah, it's in the writing process. I don't go in the writer's room. I I don't know. I can't tell. You. Even if you literally waterboard me, I can't tell you. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm not gonna waterboard you. Um, speaking of roles, uh, fresh off the boat. Uh huh. So renewal. Yeah. Does that mean we're gonna see more of Horace? I don't know. I would love to keep doing that. You know, I love that part. I love that show. That's pretty hilarious to how you are the mentor to. Oh, I love it. He's kind of like the shitty Asian kid in a way, but yet he still went to Harvard. Um, that I was a really interesting role. I, I loved it. I, I love. I mean, Constance and Randall, they're such good friends. Even the kids, like uh, me and Hudson's dad's been friends, you know, and Hudson's awesome, and then the other two kids, even the grandma, Lucio Song, amazing, amazing people. Speaking of, um, I'm you know your co-star, uh, Constance Wu. From Crazy Rich Asians and from Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, yeah. I know she's been in headlines lately yeah, about yeah. Twitter and all that stuff. And and I, there was a misunderstanding about the renewal of Fresh Off the Boat and her reaction to it. 
what is your take on that drama? Do you have a take on that drama? Uh, not. She's always been really nice to me, you know, and uh, that's her own thing, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, you 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 use uh, social media. Mm-hmm. I I've checked it out. You had that Snapchat filter where the gender swap. Oh yeah. You're a pretty hot chick. I am, right? I looked at it. I'm like, oh my god. This Do you have is... a sister? Because that's what I she would don't. Like. My parents <laughs> should make one. Well, so how do you use your platform and, and, and like, how do you like using to your influence? Your Honestly, I don't use Twitter much anymore, aside from promoting my shows. I, I use my platform to kind of promote my stand-up shows, this, stuff like that. Um, but really, just kind of sharing stuff I find funny. I, I try to not have an agenda, and it's just a way to kind of give back. If fans want to follow, you know, I just post dumb videos or, like, uh, pictures of my dogs and stuff, so they get a, you know... If they're interested, get a kind of more inside look. It's a lazy way of doing a podcast, kind of. <laughs> well, and it's awesome. It's a window into you as a real person. And I think that's yeah, really absolutely. important. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Again, about Asian roles in America. Do you know, like, Asian roles in American cinema or TV, do, have you thought of any that you wish could be redone? Like, I don't know, Long Duck Dong and Sixteen mm. Candles or, you know, uh, roles that could have been done better. Yeah, yeah, abs- I mean, sure, but I mean, we can't go back and do that. But at the same time, that also served as a lesson of what was done wrong back in the day, and and how far we've came from that. You know, you, you know what show I was watching that I absolutely loved. I was like, this show is more advanced than most shows on TV these days. It's a show with Arsenio Hall and Samo. And Kelly Who called Martial Law. You remember that? I like I. I it was amazing. Yeah. It was like the original like Rush Hour, and it was a TV <laughs> show. I forget what channel it was on, and it was on rerun. Uh, I was in New Orleans for a buddy's wedding. I was on rerun like local TV, and it was amazing. I was like, "There's two Asian leads, a, a man and a woman, and 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 Arsenio is like a cool dude that that was also neither of them were sidekicks. Like they're all just equal, and it's great. You know, wow. they should bring that show back." They should bring that show back, and you should be on it. How about that? Ooh. How about that? I should play Kelly Who's part. <laughs> uh, do you have a dream role like in mind for the future? Or do you want to be like the next James Bond or something, the uh, Asian James Bond? I think, I think, I think Henry Golding is way ahead of me in line for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if 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 I can do um, just good stuff and 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 be kind of uh, impactful in certain uh things and 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 decision making like getting to a point where if i love a story i can make it that would be amazing um and and yeah there's a lot of great not just asian american stories but just great stories in general out there that um some of them you know i'm out trying to get the rights for it so i can do it stuff like that and uh just trying to do it man are there roles that you wouldn't consider now in your career i know there's people a that few say. yeah i mean it's it's case by case it's not like this one no way you know but um there was just like a comedy thing uh where everybody was impersonating like a historical character it's a great show a good friend of mine was making it uh and i was offered a role of bruce lee and i was like that's just hard for me to touch because he's such a legend there's no way like there's no win in that i'm like look i can help you with the script make sure from my point of view from the asian representation point of view that it's not going to be offensive and everything. I'll help you out even with the comedy if you want to throw in some like nuanced jokes in there. But I can't. I'm not going to touch that. 
you know, that's too legendary. And so, and some people are okay with that, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, for the Bay area, our listeners here, I mean, there's a huge uh, population of Asian Americans mm-hmm. here. Um, and is there a message you'd like to give anyone right now who may be struggling with parents who aren't really happy yeah. with their, their career path? And um, I'm pretty thankful my parents were cool with me. Really? Me a writer. They weren't pressuring me to be a nurse or anything like writer that. Writer at least sounds more legit than like actor. <laughs> you know? Well, I know you wrote, you know, how to how to American, how to yeah. be American. How to American, yeah. How to American. And you talk about your dad thinking you're crazy for going into comedy, right? Yeah. And how how would somebody, you know, deal with their parents these days with that? Do it. Step up. You know, it's fine to disappoint them. It's fine to rebel. It's cool, man. And uh, but be respectful, and it, it hopefully it works out. And if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to what you do. It's always better to have tried something, try to pursue your dreams, and fail than to have never tried at all. You know. So I, I always say. For me, my thought process was it, was it was better to disappoint my parents for a couple of years than to disappoint myself for the rest of my life. You know, at least you owe that to yourself. We're in America, man. We're in America. That's a really great way, <laughs> way to like mic drop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Cool. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Mari Carmendosa and Jimmy O. Yang. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Mozart's Symphony 40 in G minor by Blue Dot Sessions. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.